Welcome back to Fad Dads. This time on Fad Dads, we are taking a look at not one, but two movies, Shang-Chi and Snake Eyes. So what does that mean? That means more reviews, more best and worst. Yes, we talk about the characters, we talk about the action, we talk about it all. All this and more on this episode of the Fad Dads. Ladies and gentlemen, the Fad Dads Podcast. Welcome to the Fad Dads Podcast. Thank you for joining us again to be part of our conversation. As today we are talking about two films that recently came out. We are talking about Snake Eyes, the recent installment of the G.I. Joe franchise, which I know all of us are still following from years ago when we were in our young childhoods. And then we are comparing that to the recently released Marvel movie Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. I'm Nathaniel. And I'm Seth. I guess uh, we should talk about why we're talking about both of these instead of just them on their own. Yeah, it it was kind of random. And when you first bounced the idea off of me, I was like, eh, that's kind of a weird combo but it kind of made sense for what we were looking at and for the movies that are coming out today yeah so i think it's interesting because when we when we watch snake eyes i think we agreed that well first of all not not nearly as many people have seen snake eyes no uh, the movie just in terms of if you look at the the box office results and and obviously shang chi being part of the marvel cinematic universe gonna be gonna be way more popular right yeah. mm-hmm. and so i wondered about the the its relevance and i think just watching Shang-Chi, um, I saw it on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. It made me think that there are some comparisons with Snake Eyes about, you know, maybe what not to do in the case of Snake Eyes compared to Shang-Chi. <laughs> and uh, so I thought, you know, it to kind of look at the two movies to have at least some kind of a comparison yeah. instead of just talking about each movie in a vacuum. Yeah, and if you haven't seen Snake Eyes, don't worry. I think Nathaniel and I both agree it's not worth watching, especially for purposes of this podcast. If you saw Shang-Chi, I think that's enough to listen to this podcast. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, and we'll do a, a spoiler-free, and then we'll go full, full spoilers. Yes. Um, but stick around for the first part as we talk spoiler-free. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, and so, Snake Eyes, not a good film, but I think we can agree on that. Not worth watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... I I think, and we'll get into why it's not worth watching, but mm-hmm. um, I think one of its greatest sins is just being, um, number one, it's unremarkable, and number two, the action is not that great. And I mm-hmm. think when, you, when you're when you trying to pitch a movie as an action movie, mm-hmm. which Snake Eyes is... That's all it has to be. <laughs> and you don't get action right... That's a major problem. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's, it's just unbearable at that point. <laughs> right. Whereas I think, you know, Shang-Chi has a couple things mm-hmm. that you're you're pitching when you're, you're pitching it. Number one is an MCU film. So you need to... It has know, relevance in a broader storyline. Right. You know, this is the latest episode in, in this long running TV show. <laughs> and also, it's got to be a good action film because that's what also what you're expecting out of this movie. That's right. That also is going to have some strong martial arts vibes to it. That, that's right. Yeah. It That is a major part of this film is the martial arts. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think it delivers there. It does. Whereas Snake Eyes, which also tries to sell you on the martial arts, doesn't deliver. That's right. Snake Eyes, you're going to see on a second-rate streaming service in about two years. You're going to be able to pick it up from Walmart in the dollar section yes. next year. 
and you will probably be able to get it for free at a garage sale in about three years. So that's where that's at. Shang-Chi, I, you might disagree with me here, Nathaniel. I, Shang-Chi will be a movie that is not listed in the favorites in the MCU. Yeah, I think it's I think it's worth unpacking. Uh, I know this might be an unpopular opinion, mm-hmm. uh, but it it reminded me, uh, in, right as we have, kind of these universe expanding films. Like mm-hmm. I think um, Doctor Strange, the universe expanding film, mm-hmm. uh, Black Panther, a universe expanding film, mm-hmm. uh, Shang Chi being a universe expanding films. I, I'm gonna just knock out uh, Doctor Strange a minute because I think both Black Panther and Shang-Chi are slightly comparable because they kind of tap into, even if it's a fake ethnic back, you know, ethnic heritage, Mm -hmm. you can both, you can put them up against each other because they're both trying to explore this different culture, right? Yeah, yeah, and they have that, you have two cultures that are separated from the world, it's a secret society that you get to explore and how they've progressed as a culture outside of our culture today and why they are set apart and the 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 universe that goes on inside our own world you know what i mean right but i think a lot of people think very highly of black panther i don't i think that movie is pretty average and given the choice between watching black panther and shang chi i would watch shang chi again before i'd watch black panther uh, okay i'm on board I'm on board. Uh, so I think they're very similar in the fact that the movies, both these movies start very strong and are very promising and they end rather disappointingly. I was disappointed in both of the films by the end mm-hmm. easily. Now there was some very good things in it that I think are worthwhile for the watch, but Black Panther isn't a movie that I go back and watch anymore. It's, I think I've seen it maybe twice. I didn't see it, I, maybe part of it after the first watch. And I'm pr- I'm not planning on going to see it again. And um, I'm going to say the same for Shang Chi. Yeah, I think Shang Chi as a, as a movie has a definitely. The, I think the finale is overstuffed and kind of disappointing, uh, especially since I think um, early on in the movie, like mm-hmm. maybe not early on in the movie, the first half an hour, or first hour of the movie, mm-hmm. there's a lot of like those those YouTube style scenes, mm-hmm. those scenes that four or five minutes where that film really works oh yeah you know it, it's 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 high octane a lot of kinetic energy going you know uh-huh. and um uh, you know lo- some likable lines and so things are working for that film yeah uh that like i said uh, so the, the whole movie i don't think it's not perfect f- from start to finish but it definitely has some moments that really work in the movie mm-hmm. whereas i think black panther uh, definitely has a, a couple of scenes that work for me. They're not action scenes in Black Panther. I think the action in Black Panther is rather dull. I think there's so there are other scenes that work in Black yeah. Panther that mm-hmm. are rewatch. Uh, I think there's that really compelling. Okay, we're not here to talk. I guess <laughs> we're here to fully compare the movie, but um, I, I think Shang Chi works. I, I, I'm definitely not here to take a dump on Shang Chi. Um, because we're here to take a dump on a different <laughs> on a different uh, movie in comparison. I, I volunteer as tribute for <laughs> for purposes of this podcast. Okay, so <laughs> so before we go into um, a very detailed conversation of Shang Chi, especially how it relates to Snake Eyes, yes, let's get where are you on Shang Chi, especially compared to what's come out recently with the MCU. So the last MCU movie that I watched was was it the Avengers? There had to be one. Since so then. there's far from uh, far from home came out after Avengers. Far from home, I think, was much better. And we've Shang-Chi. had a lot of MCU shows. That oh 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 oh, WandaVision much better, in my opinion, than Shang Chi. 
Okay. Much more. It was much more interesting, I think. As far as universe building, I think it was probably... I, I cared more. I had more investment in these characters. So... I guess right off the bat, the obvious problem with Shang-Chi is that you have new characters that you have to introduce. And so you have to get the audience to care about them. So where WandaVision benefited from you already caring about those characters, Shang-Chi, you you know, that it had more legwork to do. So I guess it's not really fair for me to compare those. But I will say it is not among my favorites of the Marvel films. I would say Shang-Chi is probably right there with Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and maybe some of the phase one movies that were super awesome back then and now are kind of in the boring movie category. Okay, so without going into full spoilers, what doesn't work for you in the, in the movie? In Shang-Chi? Yeah, is it just the kind of the finale? It doesn't work and that the, kind of soils the whole film? Or? Yeah, the second half of the film veers so far off from the, style, the feel of the first part of the film. It just felt disconnected and it stood out more on my second viewing when I watched it. It... It leans very heavily into Shang-Chi's heritage and family where I didn't really care about it and it's debatable but I felt like there was the vibe was just different and I didn't care for the vibe of the second half. Yeah, I, I, I think I think you're right. I just don't think I reacted quite as as adversely to it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I feel it felt less strong about that though mm-hmm. I, I know exactly what you're saying. Okay, okay. Okay. What about what about you, Nathaniel? What do you? How do you feel about Shang Chi? Yeah, I think it's I think it's a middle of the road uh, Marvel flick. Uh, I would probably watch it again, and maybe, maybe people don't think that's much of a recommendation. But for me, with with, with, <laughs> with my busy life, with, with kids and things like that, yeah, for me, it, I would go back and watch parts of this. It's, it's an investment to for you to go back and watch something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it's it's got to be it's got to be pretty compelling, especially for me to sit down and say, hey. With my wife, let's. This is a movie I'm recommending to you that we watch together. Right. And and honestly, there's other Marvel flicks that I would say, hey, let's do this. For. Well, here's a question. I know we haven't reviewed it, and I actually haven't even seen it. But Black Widow recently came out. I'm guessing you saw it. Yeah, I saw it. How does it compare? Do you think related to Black Widow? Uh, much better. Okay. Much better than Black Widow. <laughs> okay. Black Widow. Um, all the ingredients are there for Black Widow, but the results are, uh, in my opinion, kind of a dumpster fire. Really? Um, this, okay. This movie works a lot. Just definitely works a lot better than, than Black Widow. Okay. Interesting. Cool. Good to know. Okay. So let's go into, into full spoiler mode, and we're gonna break this movie down. Crack it like a nut. <laughs> okay. So I, 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 I also want to stick with the Snake Eyes comparison quite a bit here. So, so here are some of the things that I saw watching Snake Eyes and watching this movie. That could kind of kind of uh, that I thought were comparable. Okay. Um. So one of the obviously. Right, heavy Asian casts on both sides, and uh, and so mm-hmm. I think the comparisons go more than skin deep. But you know, you look at it and you go, oh, these might have a similar flavor. Mm-hmm. They both have you know strong martial arts flavors to mm-hmm. them, uh, supposedly. Right, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you think about okay, all right, supposedly. Um, I, 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 it makes more. I think what you're trying to say is it it has more relevance in the martial arts style that's presented in the films than it does the ethnicity of the actors. Is um, that what you're saying? Well, I'm I'm saying compa- especially compared to the MCU movies, yeah, um, definitely has the more of the martial arts vibe than say Guardians of the Galaxy or Captain Marvel. Um, right. Right. Well, and in in so much of both of these films, the setting is located in Asia. Yeah. And so those Asian ideas of like chi, and even though it's not explicitly stated in either of these films, but it's that 
inner peace, um, Taoism, mm-hmm. the the cultures of well, pop culture is in a lot in, in Shang Chi, right? When they're in the downtown, like uh, there's the cultural setting of China, and then obviously the landscapes and, and the architecture yeah. that they're in, and so yes. stylistically, along with the martial arts, yeah, there's that Asian um, influence. Right, and and also you picked up on this as you, you said this, and I have it written down here: clandestine ancient family organization. Yeah, uh, there's like no context for it, uh, especially in Snake Eyes. Oh yeah, there's. <laughs> uh, I gotta find it. Um, oh, here it is the Arashikeg. I apologize, the Arashkeg family clan. Right, what does it do? What do they mean? What do they exist for? Yeah. I, I have no idea. Well, it's protect a magic rock. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. All right. And speaking of that, um, right, they have these th- these ancient weapons. One mm-hmm. is literally a magic rock. Nothing more significant than that. And, the, uh, and on the flip side, when it comes to Shang-Chi, you have these ancient rings, which are way more interesting to me, especially how they interact with combat. Like, I thought it was... Right. It was unique as far as battle combat goes. Especially with what we've seen with the MCU so far. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Captain Marvel just punches people and blasts people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Lasers and... Nothing new that we haven't seen from Thor or some of the Guardians of the Galaxy type thing. Whereas, especially with the Ten Rings, that was was different. Um, And with Snake Eyes... We have a rock that melts people and sets things on fire. Yeah, it, it it's set up as being this ultimate awesome weapon, and it turns out not just to be like a, a fire gun. <laughs> it's like there's nothing that this rock does that a flamethrower or a sniper rifle doesn't do. You're right. right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, and also, this movie has fantasy creatures, um, right? There's the telepathic snakes in Snake Eyes that are definitely fantasy in nature. And then you have the, in um, Talo, yeah. you have all these different fantasy creatures as well. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, you also have the, the the hero is after revenge in some way, shape, or form. In Shang-Chi, his revenge takes place off screen. You know, his quest for revenge. Yeah. Whereas we see Snake Eyes' quest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shang Chi. It's kind of a revenge quest against his father, but it's not quite. No, but he it's... but he took revenge against his mother's killer, off screen, and, and he talks about that in the movie. So, uh, yeah, he so... does, doesn't he? <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> I just realized. Yeah, so he sent on them, but he didn't. So did he actually do that mission? Yes. So so that's the difference between the two characters. So Snake Eyes. Does not spares his father's killer, right? Whereas you know, fourteen-year-old uh, Shang Chi uh, kills his mother's killer. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure because that's where that's where Shang Chi's self-loathing comes in because he murdered the the guy. Sorry, yeah, I remember. I, f- I feel like I remember the dialogue. I'm just having trouble remembering exactly what he said because what I what I remember the most was him talking about running away after the fact yeah. or possibly before the fact. But it's all very cloudy about that that scene or the, that that event that happened where he went after his mother's killer. Does Snake Eyes do anything better in those comparisons than Shang Chi? No, nope, 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 not in the slightest. No, 
Not I agree. <laughs> I agree. Uh, completely. Oh, and, yeah. uh, one, and one other thing, and maybe this is the most important, is they both try to franchise build. And I think this is, with Snake Eyes, it's the worst type of franchise building you can do, as opposed to Shang-Chi. So, G.I. Joe is an established is established already right yes and so they're trying to franchise build kind of backwards because this was his origin story right Right. i haven't seen any of the other gi joe films and i could kind of pick up on that is it kind of like starting a snake eyes franchise or is it trying to introduce more of the gi joe i'm not sure well it's called uh snake eyes gi joe origins so i would assume if that movie would have done well spoiler alert (laughs) it didn't Uh, (laughs) Um, then it would have branched off into, you know, a G.I. Joe movie where this character's probably the tentpole okay. figure of it. And you would have had Duke and Scarlet and all the other cast of characters in the G.I. Joe. Okay. Um, this movie didn't do well, and I think part of that is because they try to world build too much, is they bring in Scarlet and the Baroness, and they try to give you a world where the Joes and the Cobra have meaning, yeah. versus a proper origin story for Snake Eyes. And at the end, he joins G.I. Joe for some reason. I don't know. The, the, the problem is, that, at least for me, mm-hmm. is the the inclusion of Cobra and G.I. Joe just seemed like... It seemed over... It, it overstuffed the movie. Yeah. And it, it just... like I, I, I'm feeling like you're trying to force a G.I. Joe movie on us while I'm also trying to have this, this revenge story or, you know, story about brothers okay. as well. And so it just kind of clogs up the movie and, and it clutches up. Interesting. Okay, so because I haven't seen any other Joe films, which you don't have to see this movie. No, correct. Nor nor should you see this, correct the earlier movies. Surprisingly, that did not have much of an effect on me as I think it did for you. And maybe that goes to them trying to make it something. But if I because I didn't know what Cobra and GI Joe was, it didn't really. It was like, oh, so the secret organization who murdered his dad. They're called Cobra and. His dad was part of the Joes, and they're the good guys. It was like, oh, okay. And that was it, right? But I'm sure for you, because you understood what those organizations are, because you've seen other movies, that maybe you understood what they were trying to force on the audience. Well, I think also something that bugged me is you have the character of Scarlet, and maybe we can get into this a little bit later, but she's just kind of thrown into a movie when there's already so many characters on the good guy side. Mm -hmm. There's Snake Eyes, there's Storm Shadow, there's um, Akiko, the the bodyguard, there's the matriarch of the clan, there's the blind sensei yeah right and then there's the guy with the good hair who's black (laughs) where'd you come from yeah exactly Um, (laughs) there's like there's like already enough good guys and then you like add another one because hey well this is a gi joe movie so we just have to throw yeah i didn't i didn't understand why she didn't really add much no i felt like you could have written out a couple of different characters yeah you had a leaner movie that's Mm -hmm. more streamlined especially in contrast to shang chi where the mcu world building is basically uh, what's his name is is fighting in the in the games. Wong is fighting Wong. in the. <laughs> sorry, Wong is Wong. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Continue. Sorry. <laughs> so right, and so it's very minimal intrusion into the story. Yeah, and it doesn't rob you know the character of Shang Chi of his journey. You know, it doesn't like hey, hey, hey this is now a. Uh, this is now a Marvel movie. Well, Move let over. me ask you this. How did you feel about the old, the Mandarin 
being part of the Shang-Chi. Because that felt a little forced. That, in the same respect, where you kind of have, you have your list of characters, you have them established, and midway through the film, you just stick another one in there that, for anyone, which I realize, a lot, there was a lot of people who didn't see Iron Man 3. If you didn't see Iron Man 3, you have no idea who this character is. And they do not do a good job of explaining who he is. Yeah. <laughs> I, when I saw him, I thought, oh, this is hilarious. This is like a cute bit, a, a cute nod to fan service. Right. Um, but then as the scene went on and he went with them to different places, yeah. I was like, oh, this, gets, this is getting really tired. Like he, yeah, no. This attempt at comic relief, it's, it's not working anymore. It worked initially, but then it was, no. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wish they would have left him behind. And... and and I didn't like how they that had they had to meet him in order for the plot to continue because they needed that magic creature. They needed it. So it's not just it was like a quick nod. It was like, no, he had to be there. Yeah. Which didn't feel right. Yeah, we'll probably get into that. But just one more sidebar on uh, the Ben Kingsley's character. Yeah. Is that I felt like, and we saw this with Avengers Endgame mm-hmm. when <clears throat> Rocket and Thor went back to... Um, his homeworld, um, uh, yes, Asgard. Yeah. Asgard in Thor two, as if it's as if they were trying to justify the existence of that movie, because Thor mm. two is not a good movie, right? And now they're sort of like saying, "Hey, this is required viewing," because it ties into Endgame. Yeah, and Iron Man three, also not a good movie. Definitely the worst of the Iron Man movies. I've heard good arguments for that movie, but okay, keep going. I, I <laughs> I'd love to hear them because I think that movie is awful. Um, I think Robert Downey Jr. is really good in that movie, but I don't like the movie. Aside from, I, I think I would. I was with you initially when I first saw it. I kind of agreed. I, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of it. So I heard the argument that that movie shows you that Robert Downey Jr. has to be a good Iron Man without his suits. Yeah, that's fine. And and I thought that it, it did good at that. Yeah. And there's there's good stuff in it. Yeah. That, the rest of the movie is... Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> right. Okay, I think where that movie failed is having a compelling villain. Which is which is the Achilles heel of so many Marvel movies. It's not like it's just Iron Man 3. There's maybe, many Marvel movies that maybe, have that issue. Uh, maybe so, but I think that there are, there are Marvel movies that have a, kind of a weak villain. And yes, that's a problem, but the movies are still enjoyable. Iron Man 3, I can't watch that movie. That movie's just really? unwatchable, in my opinion. Okay. Um... Which is a shame because I really like uh, Iron Man. I think that movie's like amazing. Yeah, Iron Man is um, yeah awesome. Uh, anyway, so uh, we can more on Iron Man three okay. because it because it actually relates a lot more. It it is actually very important for Chang Chi because the Iron Man one it actually yeah at the beginning of the Marvel universe introduced the Ten Rings to us as the terrorist group inside of Afghanistan, was it? Right. Or the Middle East? Yeah. Somewhere yeah. in the Middle so, East. Some vague Middle Eastern company. Right. Or country. Yeah, and then and then the Ten Rings return in Iron Man 3, and this character Trevor uh, played uh, a fake Mandarin character. Right. And then it's revealed later that the Mandarin was actually Killian. And then in Shang-Chi, no, there is another yeah. the Ten Rings leader who is actually his name is Wenwu. <laughs> and so that's something that I had a question in my mind as I was watching Shang-Chi. I was like clearly there's the connection there that it is actually the 10 rings of Iron Man. But it did not do a good job of explaining why this terrorist organization and why Killian called himself the Mandarin and what why the Mandarin was a thing. It definitely felt like a big retcon. 
to me. Like, fans are upset because they didn't get the Mandarin they want. So they're so backtracking. We'll, we'll them, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. It's, so they didn't make that very clean. Yeah, you know? no, it was like, yeah, some people, some people take myths and legends and act like it's their own to scare people. And then, okay, all right, let's go on with the movie. You were <laughs> clearly like the Ten Rings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, sorry. That was something I had to get out of the way while we were... Yeah, so, <laughs> so one, I, and this goes to kind of what you're saying, like the first half, I thought mm-hmm. hummed along, and especially when they got to their father's place, I thought, okay, this is not what I'm expecting. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm with it. Mm-hmm. And then kind of out of the blue, it's like, what happens if they don't free mother? Then we'll destroy their village. You can't do that. <laughs> Throw them in the prison. And <laughs> at that point, it was such a clear, they need to go to the prison so they can meet the guy so that they can go to the forest so they can get the into the tallow yeah. where they can arm themselves and get ready for them. And they clearly have to have some reason to be against their father. But, but there could have been a reason, though. Right. They, yeah, yeah, I, but, I'm with you. Because they could have been with their father, gone to Tallow, whipped up on those village people, and gotten to the door, and Shang-Chi probably went, all right, Dad, there's like, this is not a good idea. This is not Mom anymore. Right, and I think a good indication of that is when their, their decision to not be with their dad, when he says, we're going to go to Talo and free your mother, they should have been like, oh, yeah, we're going to go yes. with him. And, and then yes. when he says... If they don't let us in, we're going to burn the place down. They're going to be like, well... Maybe we should talk to them a little bit. But we're still going to do it. Yeah. They're not going to be dead set against it. Right. The fact that they created a motive to be like, oh, the line that he says is, if we let him do this, he will destroy what's left of our family. Which isn't a very clear motivation, right? And then they have to get there before they get, then get the motivation to be like, oh, they're actually the good guys. Right. So then there's the motivation for defending it. It's like they had to create a fake propped up one. Yes. And if you think too much about it, it's just like, ooh, that's weak. It, 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 <laughs> it, it, it feels contrived. Forced, and, yeah. And, and, that's, yeah. and that's what really took me out of the movie. And uh-huh. that's what I think definitely led to a second half decline of the movie. And things just, uh, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't work very well. Yeah, and so kind of elaborating on what i was saying earlier about the different vibe the first two fight scenes that we get for the first one on the bus and then the second one in the fight arena um on the on the rigging or yeah. on, the, on the scaffolding yeah. it's very very martial arts based yes. and it's hand-to-hand combat and it's intense and it is incredibly well done it yeah. is powerful and like efficient if i had anything to say like i feel like and I don't know anything about martial arts, but I feel like sometimes people should be a little bit more simplistic with their movement. And actually, this is this is a good comparison with Snake Eyes because in Snake Eyes they use samurai swords a lot, or um, katanas, katanas. Uh, and if I remember correctly, when in the art of fighting with katanas, it's all about who moves less and more efficiently mm-hmm. in the battle. It's it's a quick. Like it, it's it's like a a Mexican standoff. It's mm-hmm. like whoever draws first wins. Mm-hmm. It's not like where swords are clashing back and forth, yep. like in fencing. No, it is it is like wham, and the fight is over. Mm-hmm. And in in Snake Eyes, I felt like they were overdoing it, where there's a lot of clashing of swords yep. and jumping around and unnecessary spinning and flipping. And it was like, mm-hmm. no, in Asian culture, it would be like you want to preserve your energy and mm-hmm. you want you don't want to overdo yourself. 
in Shang-Chi, I think they did a good job of, like, it's very intense, but it's not like they waste too much movement. Yeah, I think part of the issue that I have with Snake Eyes with the action is there's it's so much cutting. There, there's not a lot of in-camera yeah. action that, that lingers. Yeah. And so it just feels really spliced together. Yeah. And there's never that sense of danger mm-hmm. that you feel. And there's some moments in Shang-Chi where there's some danger oh, that, yeah. that you feel. And, and in this movie, also, I'm just... The, the boss fight where Storm Shadow takes him down in the laziest looking boss fight I've seen where he fights him and, and Storm Shadow loses for no apparent reason. That boss uh, and generic evil bad guy, <laughs> right? He doesn't he doesn't fight in a way that makes you think that, oh man, he's really tough to take down. I don't think anybody yeah. can take him. And, and Snake Eyes can't even beat him. And he's like, he's unstoppable for literally no apparent reason. Yeah, yeah. Well, in both of the movies... So, Shang-Chi is a proven awesome dude in the first fight scene and in the second fight scene. For the rest of the movie, I was not convinced that Shang-Chi could beat anybody. (laughs) In all of the fights, he can't beat his sister. He can't beat his father. And the only reason he ends up beating his father is because the dragon, like, gives him the power to do so, kind of, right? Like, he's not powerful after the first two fights which doesn't make sense with his character because usually you have it's it's like the reverse the character is weak at the beginning and they get strong at the end mm-hmm. in shang chi he's strong at the beginning and it's like he gets weaker as the movie progresses yeah i, I think sometimes that can be an advantage like with raiders of the lost lost ark uh-huh you fail upwards right <laughs> all, all, all um harrison ford's character uh-huh does is he just like loses every single fight but he loses in such a way that he gets closer to his goal each time. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you watch the movie, and that's, uh, that's basically it. what it happens. He, he mostly <laughs> just gets kicked around and, and beats up, gets beat up. Yeah. And that's because you want the obstacles to be formidable for your right. character, right? right. You, yeah, you want things to be too easy. And so I'm fine with the progression of difficulty, especially, though, when you get to that boss fight in Shang-Chi. Yeah. That he, he defeats the monster with some... It feels like a Street Fighter combo move, but it feels like you know, how would you know it? It's like button mashing at a certain point. I, yeah, I, how how yeah. does he know to use the, the 10 rings that he's that he's literally had for 60 seconds <laughs> and know the exact move to take out the boss? Yeah, and it's not martial arts. You know, so like the beginning of the movie, it was that hand-to-hand combat fighting and then in the second phase of the film it's all this mythical fighting which is fine for a marvel film Mm -hmm. you know they explored a lot i think in like thor like captain america was heavily martial arts based but in movies like thor where they have to use alternative space combat it works and so they do that in that mythical combat right and it shifts the movie and i feel like if they had figured out a way to keep the movie centralized on that martial arts style and then done like an all-out martial arts battle at the end I would have, it would have had more consistent combat through the movie. And not just that, I think that there's, I know a lot of people make uh, much to do about the airport fight in Civil War, you know, when all, yeah. the, all the superheroes are going at it. Uh-huh. But that end fight, I think, is way more compelling. It's way more dramatic when there's just the three of them battling it out mm-hmm. and way more visceral. It's like, yeah. I, I, that, that to me, I'd watch way more because there's oh, yeah. so much more stakes. Mm-hmm. And once they introduced the, the, the good dragon and the bad dragon, <laughs> I'm like, uh, this the it, it really just deflates the tension and it removes yeah. that human element of yeah. of rage and revenge and longing right. and uh, and it's just it devolves to oh we got to destroy this creature because if we don't destroy this creature the world's going to end yeah whereas the one thing I appreciate about Iron Man or um, Civil War is they're fighting over passion yeah. in a sense mm-hmm. you know 
uh, revenge is at the stakes. It's not, mm-hmm. hey, look, if we don't win, then the world is going to end. Because that's something I don't always... I mean, I understand that that can be the case sometimes. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's nice to, to know that, look, if the good guy doesn't win there's something else going you know going on and let me explain yeah um if you are in a scenario where you know that a character if they don't win they're just going to die and the movie's over mm-hmm. then there's only one outcome the guy is going to win right there yeah. there's it reduces the dramatic tension Sure. Um, but with with when watching Civil War you don't know who's going to win because you know that you know maybe Tony's going to throw him in jail well, that's a legitimate possibility. Uh-huh. Uh, or maybe what happens actually happens. Or maybe Bucky could die. You know, there's a myriad of options that could move that could happen, and the movie goes on. Yeah. For this, the only outcome is for them to destroy the uh, the, dragon. the dragon. Obviously, the dragon's not going to win. Right. Obviously. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm with you. Okay. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, I, I wasn't convinced at all with Michael Bay's fight scene in Snake Eyes. I'm with you from from the beginning. All the cutting. And, and the flashy, it was just, it was, I couldn't follow any of the action that was happening. Yeah. Um, well, it, so often it's one guy versus 20. Mm-hmm. And like, how can you, how can you possibly maintain a compelling sequence when that's what you're doing? Right. And and so that was the other thing with, with Snake Eyes' power, like on a scale, right? When he's going up against like, um, oh, what's her, um, the, 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 the Tarantino movie. Kill Bill, Kill Bill, yeah, Kill Bill style. When he goes Kill Bill style, and all those guys with the with the katanas, it's just like wow, he is crazy powerful. And then he gets his butt beaten for the rest of the film yes. by all these different people. It's like, yes. are you serious? Like, especially that one guy when he goes to the to train, and the one guy says, "Take the bowl from my hand," and he just fails miserably. <laughs> it's like, are you serious? You could take down twenty guys with the katanas, but you can't like punch this guy you can't even punch him it's... do you think that it's because <laughs> right the the twist in snake eyes uh-huh is right he's working with storm shadow storm shadow gets outed as being they don't even exp- okay storm shadow gets outed as being a spy for the for the clan uh-huh. and they're gonna kill him but it's a setup so right maybe snake eyes is able to beat all those guys because he's actually trying to get on storm shadow's good side so they can infiltrate so he can infiltrate the clan uh-huh. like maybe that's one explanation not a very good one but at least it's there yeah 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 look i i I agree with you because there's it's like an on-off switch that oh look snake eyes is super powerful no he's not no yeah (laughs) (laughs) turn off and on yeah yeah so i i I, yeah i'm sorry but yeah that the the michael bay coming out in in snake eyes is, is just as michael bay as it can get and and I didn't really think that that was a desired quality in a movie, you know? Yes, <laughs> exactly. And so, uh, anyways, I wanted to ask you also about the character's motives. Because we, we kind of touched on this, that there's kind of a revenge motive between Snake Eyes and Chung chi How did you feel like that carried throughout both of the films? Yeah, so I thought it was slightly compelling with snake eyes i I, I was tracking because i saw the movie in two chunks Mm -hmm. and halfway through the movie i thought you know this movie is not that not that bad you know (laughs) he he's got a good reason for betraying storm shadow because he's trying to find his his father's killer and the only person who knows that information is the guy who's working for who storm shadow's enemy 
So, right, I'm tracking with him trying to steal the thingamajig. Right? <laughs> right, the, the MacGuffin he's after, right? Yeah. Uh, and so I was tracking with him. Uh, but, boy, as the as the movie just progressed, I was just I was with him less and less. Mm-hmm. And, and I just, it, it was difficult for me to follow him. Because I, I also thought that that brother-brother relationship that I thought they were going to lean into more with yeah. Storm Shadow, uh-huh. they just kind of fizzled it. They fizzled it out and like, oh, hey, let's let's bring a bring in a, a, a Scarlet from GI Joe. Oh, let's bring in a, a Kiko. Maybe, maybe maybe they're going to have a romantic thing. Yeah, and it just kind of diluted a relationship that I thought would drive the movie forward. Like because yeah. in GI Joe lore, Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes are kind of always head to head, but really? that's because like Storm Shadow has been brainwashed, and so you have this idea that like. Snake Eyes is going to redeem Storm Shadow. And so, but for that to mean anything to Snake Eyes, you have to have this relationship first yeah. with Storm Shadow. And I, and I felt like the whole, you, we are blood brothers now. Eh, eh, really? You mean because yeah. he saved your life once? Yeah, yeah, I didn't I didn't really buy that either. I, I saw that and I was like, why... But I think I I think the studio's approach, right, Hasbro's mm-hmm. approach to, <laughs> to this movie is number one to sell toys, and number two <laughs> is like, hey, how do we how do we franchise build with this movie, right? We have this property here, mm-hmm. people kind of know it. Let's just do it because, right, sell toys. Maybe we sell tickets. Maybe we can make another movie. Um, and I think story was kind of a cohesive story with. A consistent character was not on their list of objectives. All right, yeah, that was a uh, that's a um, uh, a quirk and not a design feature. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. That that is that is a fair. Uh, yeah, and maybe maybe we're overdoing it by trying to look at the story too much, because in the end, I feel like I I agree they didn't try with the story very much. It was more action based and. With these types of films, I think that's what you're going to get. Yes. Let me ask you about... There's a line in Shang-Chi relating to uh, Aquafina's character, Katie. The, you can't hit anything if you don't aim. Especially related with her character mm-hmm. arc. What do you think about that? So, uh, Katie goes to Tallow. Mm-hmm. And she's like, uh, what do I do? I want to help. Or I want to do this. or that. And she's talking about all the things that she's done before. Yeah. And then one of the old wise people says, you know, you can't hit anything. Oh, you know, yeah, that's right. So especially related to the, some of the earlier stuff where, you know, the one lady in the beginning of the movie in the bar is like, when are you, when are you going to get a life? When are you going to pick something besides valet and, and go for it? Look, it, it did. It, I mean, it fit, it fit for Aquafina's character because that is something that her character struggles with. So that makes sense. You know, having a goal is something important in life. I think as far as it related to Shang-Chi himself, his character confused me on that point because he and Aquafina are so close at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It didn't make sense to me why he was having the same problems that she was. At the beginning, where, where he where he's doing the same thing that she is right. and kind, kind of, of slacking his life away. Yeah. It didn't really make sense to me why he was doing that because like the first time that we meet him when he's all grown up is he gets out of bed and he starts doing push-ups. Mm-hmm. And so it didn't... It made sense for Aquafina's character. I was like, okay, so she's she's having character development here, and I liked it. I thought that that was a good bit of moral wisdom yeah. that I think anyone can apply to their life. It's, yeah. it's good to have a goal. But I was thinking about it more in relation to Shang-Chi and his character because I was that is something that confused me before that line even started was why is it that he's having problems orienting his life in towards a goal? Well, I mean, you but know? you've met this guy before, and he has... 
he's great. He's got all the skills, but on his tombstone, it's going to write potential, right? And and like I, I think that's what Shang Chi is, right? Uh-huh. He's just potential. He he he's that guy who you think is he's got all the skills, he's got all the brains, mm-hmm. but he's just not motivated to do anything. Doesn't doesn't know what he wants to do and just spins his wheels and you just like, watch all that potential just like you know go in the garbage. Do you think that resolves by the end of the movie? No, I, I don't think so necessarily. Uh, except that they both seem like they're committed to being superheroes, so yeah, they kind of know what. They're, just, they're doing like the next step from Valang, just like. I think that's something that kind of left me wanting in that movie. Also, what was that? There wasn't now. Aquafina seemed like she had a more complete yeah. end to that circle than than Shang Chi did. It seemed like the family issues were resolved, but like yeah. his personal issues weren't resolved. No, because they weren't addressed, and I don't think they were even there. It wasn't fully admitted that like he was part of Aquafina's journey. And he was doing the same things that she were, but it just like the movie didn't admit that he had the same issues that she did. Right. You know. It, well, because part <laughs> of the part, there's that scene where his aunt's telling him, or you know, do you know who you are? And yeah. that's the point where I literally in the movie went, I have no idea. I, I I can't I can't track with this character. Yeah. I I am just kind of lost. And they did a little bit more when they told you kind of that he was lost because he, he once he killed his mother's killer he was too ashamed to go back or to do anything and that's why he's drifting okay that helped a little bit but it, it it didn't it didn't make me feel like oh this is shang chi's story this is him from start to finish and once he's once he slays the 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 dragon at the end i feel like his his weaknesses has been resolved and he's and he's gone from he's gone through the the synthesis process to, mm-hmm. you know the metamorphosis is complete and he's a totally different person right like oh, this is not really his story this could have been his sister's story or really anybody's story who was going to stop this dragon yeah and and i think that that's kind of why i think the combat going back to my previous comment about why it doesn't make sense for him to be better at the start of the movie because i feel like you should have his combat evolve with his character so if he is having issues at the start of the movie about who he is, he should be really rusty at his martial arts skills. Right. And as he reconnects with his family and resolves these personal issues, that's when he should get better. Mm-hmm. So it, it seemed odd to me that at the beginning, he was kicking butt left and right. And he was like, well, you're clearly, you're doing really well, dude. And then as he kind of goes on, then he starts getting his butt kicked. And like towards the end, he does resolve his family issues but like what he receives is the ten rings, the power that his father had, and so it just it didn't seem like it had that complete start to finish and um, with his character. I'll tell you something that bugged me yeah. about the movie. Yeah, is uh, the only person his dad loses to is in the beginning of the movie when he loses to his mom because uh-huh. she has like the power of the dragon. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. So they go to Tallo. Uh-huh. and his aunt's there, and it seems like his aunt has the same stuff, right? Mm-hmm. She's the same abilities. Why why doesn't his aunt fight his dad? Why is it Shang-Chi who's admittedly kind of uncertain, doesn't he gets is getting his butt kicked a lot? Why is he the person like go go attack your father? <laughs> you, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like you're, you're you're expecting like the rookie on the team. Maybe the, the rookie can hit a home run, but why not have your best slugger take their best shot at the dude? I don't know. And, and clearly it didn't work because his dad beat him up and released the dragon. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm with it. I don't I don't don't I thought that that's what was going to happen. It was like, "Oh yeah, my my aunt knows the power to stop our dad." 
I thought the movie was going to go there, yep. but it, it didn't. Because um. that would have been interesting if the ant would have been defeated and, like, Shang-Chi is the last one left. And so it's like, I have, right, I have to prove myself here. There is yeah. no one left to stop him mm-hmm. except me. And so, right, if they would have, that would have been an interesting idea as if throughout the movie he's like, I cannot beat my father. I can't beat my father. Someone else has to stand up to him and do it. Yeah. Um, and then literally he's the last person. And so he, he has to decide, hey, look, I have to stand up to my father because there's no one else. Yeah. And nope, nope. I, I, they, they, it feels like, well, it's the natural thing to do. Father, son, attack father. <laughs> Whoever wins, wins. The fate of the universe and the balance, who cares? We just got to resolve that family issue. Yeah, yeah. And man, and, and, and yeah, going back to like the, the dragon being like the final villain, I, I just felt like when the, when he's fighting with his dad at the very end, all his dad had to do was maybe just look up and see that obviously whatever's coming out of this gate is not friendly. Yes. And Correct. it all would have been over. He That whole fight with his dad like was just his dad being completely naive. Yes. And it seemed a little bit weak in that his dad did actually have a quick turnaround as soon as he saw that dragon come out. He was like, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta put this genie back in the bottle. But yeah, you think, like, Son, you think, it's yours now. <laughs> you think after he not, you know, let the first monster through, he should have been like, oh, that doesn't look like my wife. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's weird. You, honey, you've changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. This kind of ties into uh, my worst for Shang-Chi. Okay, then let's do <laughs> our best and worst of Shang-Chi. And because it's a double episode, we're going to do twice as much. Yeah, yeah, twice as much. The worst, the worst of best. Oh, <laughs> uh, or both. The, the worst of both. <clears throat> All right, so let's do the best of... I don't know if you have a best of Snake Eyes. But, the best uh, of Snake Eyes? Okay, uh, okay. What, what can you do for us for both movies? What did I have for the best of Snake Eyes? I, I did have something. Let me see here. I don't think I put on the list. <laughs> uh, oh, okay, okay. I got one. I got one. I got one. Okay. Um, you're a fan of Quarter Crew, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, for those of you who don't know, Quarter Crew is a, a YouTube channel, and it's an indie film group, and they make some really cool videos breaking down CGI from film. That's kind of how they got their start, and now they've kind of expanded. They do other cool stuff. They started a new segment called Stuntman React. And on it, a, few, um, a frequent friend of theirs is named Guy, and he works on a lot of famous movies i actually saw Guy in snake eyes okay did you see him too no i didn't in the movie in the part where they introduce i think scarlet's character mm-hmm. was her name where she's fighting all those guys in the bathroom okay. Guy is one of the guys that she takes down oh, okay cool. I, like like she smashes them up against the glass i'm like Guy. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was my best of snake guys <laughs> uh my best of snake eyes is definitely the snake guys outfit which we see for uh three, three seconds. seconds okay yeah. all right what's your best of shang chi <laughs> Wong. <laughs> I think if Wong had a bigger role, I would have enjoyed the movie a lot more. Flip him and Ben Kingsley character. It makes... Okay, because Doctor Strange is set in Asia. If you had more of the mythical Doctor Strange elements tied into, like, the dragon stuff, I feel like that would have made a lot more sense because you're exploring Doctor Strange's universe at that point. But don't you think that you're weighing down that movie with MCU stuff? Well, I mean, the it's going to happen in Spider-Man, where Doctor Strange is going to be a major part of the Spider-Man movie. That, I think if it's true, done but you, well. But he's had two movies on his own. I'm just saying for Doctor- origin story, do you feel like you're co-opting his origin story? 
to for fit like, Wong for, in. Yeah, to fit Wong in a Doctor Strange plot. Uh, uh, potentially, but I love Wong so much. I'm just saying I would have enjoyed it a lot more if I saw some more Wong. Yeah. And uh, yeah. it was funny because the second time I was watching it, Clara, <laughs> she was like, you know what? Wong is going to be at that village. When they get to Talo, Wong is going to be there. He's going to be the leader. And they're going to team up together. Yeah. And I thought it was really funny because I was like, I was like, you know what, Clara? I wish you were right because I really wish that too. Yeah. Um, so we were happy when he came back at the end to yeah. pick them back up. But oh yeah, man, that was my best. What, what was your best of, of Shang-Chi? Okay. <laughs> my, my best is that this we have to explore Detective Pikachu a little bit more. Uh, I did see Pikachu. Okay, but okay. So basically, though, what, what I was picking up is that okay. Talo uh-huh. is just another uh, world or like another region of the of the Kanto region of uh, Pokemon Red and Blue. <laughs> <laughs> because we go to Talo and we see all the different Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, and so that's where I saw that that white. Fox with like the five tails. It's totally a Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, I don't even play Pokemon, and I know that. <laughs> so it was nice to see all the, the the furry Pokemon critters. I'm with you in a in a non Pokemon movie that I guess they're cross universe. Well, because like Tello is some some it's hinting. Yeah, they're crossing everywhere. Yeah. Wow, Nathaniel, you were truly a child of the '90s. <laughs> <laughs> I missed out, but I'm glad you're here representing. What was your worst of Snake Eyes? Okay, so my worst of the uh, of Snake Eyes is, and I don't want to be just too repetitious here, but I'm gonna go back to an oldie but a goodie: is stupid duels, stupid mm. duels. So right, Snake Eyes is kind of sneaking around, doing some scouting with his little honor blade, and uh, Akiko goes, "What are you doing here?" <laughs> and he is like, "I'm just." Just walk around with my honor blade. And she's like, <laughs> do you know how to use that? <laughs> and then they have this duel. Possibly, maybe maybe what's even worse than that yeah. is stupid moral lessons. Because she's like, you know, at the beginning, they, they lay out the rules for the duel. And she's uh-huh. like, you need to touch me with, the, with your blade. And right at the very end, she gets a call. And she needs to go away. Uh-huh. And then Snake Eyes kind of taps her on the shoulder with the sword. You know, ha I won. And she looks at him and she goes, a victory won. With no honor is no victory at all. <laughs> and it doesn't play into the, go into the movie at all. It doesn't apply. It's not a theme that reoccurs. It's just like a, you know, here's your fortune cookie. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid duels and stupid lessons that don't, don't yeah. uh, you know, um, link back in with the story. Yes. Dumb. Worst. Uh, writers, if you want, if, if you're going for that Asian culture, you need to have as many of those little pithy Asian sayings in your movie as you possibly can. Asian proverbs are um, a white girl's bread and butter. I'm just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Worst for worst of Snake Eyes. Oh. There's somebody to choose. I hate Snake Eyes. I hate his character so much. By the end of the movie, so he betrays his friends at the very end, and he goes back and he steals the magic wall, <laughs> and he gives it to the bad guy, and lots of the good ninjas end up dying, and... He realizes his mistake, he comes back, he helps defeat the villain, and he's redeemed. Yeah. And I despise the movie for that reason. You are not allowed to just redeem characters who flat out betrays his friends. And he is so readily just accepted back into their folds. Yeah. It is just, it is, and, and, and 
Um, Storm Shadow, for that reason, all he does is pick up the rock and he's banished. He's banished. That's he right. is banished. Forget about the guy who stole it and completely backstabbed the entire group to get the rock and give it to the villain in the first place. No, the guy, the the leader, the future leader of the clan who touches the rock. Wait, and, no, can't be leader anymore. No, Sorry, buddy. You're out. I no forgiveness for you. <laughs> forgiveness for you, Snake Eyes. No forgiveness for you, my son. <laughs> you touch the rock and you have anger in your heart. Not like Snake Eyes. <laughs> For that, I just at that point in the movie, I threw my hands up and I said, "No, I'm done. This is you can't explain that in any other way. That is, it is just the most blatantly just. If we yeah. weren't watching the movie for this podcast, uh-huh. I would turn it off. Yeah. yeah, no. At that point, the movie isn't trying anymore about anything. It, it is just like, oh yeah, no. Uh, Snake Eyes is good. Storm Shadow bad." And um, we're just going to, that's what, here it is. <laughs> accept it. Accept it and accept everything we want you to because you're naive and you're stupid. <laughs> and Nathaniel, what was what was your? Well, my worst oh, oh, for yeah, yeah, yeah. Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. My worst for Shang-Chi is, um, maybe you call this nitpicking. You'll have, have to tell me if this is nitpicking or not. But mm-hmm. uh so we get this little history lesson in Tao that there's all these mighty cities thousands oh, of years ago, yeah. and they've been just, and they were attacked by the dragon. Uh-huh. And uh, so they have there's a village with ten huts at the gate of the the demon dragon. Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. And like and there's maybe fifty, maybe a hundred people <laughs> there. How inbred are they? Where are these other cities? Like, what is going on with this? <laughs> this culture, like, yeah. I don't, under, I don't understand. The it, you're def- the end of the world is happening. You, you don't call any of your friends, or maybe there are no friends, and you guys literally are just super inbred and don't populate over. I don't know. Uh, they completely 100 percent dedicate themselves to fighting. Forget about food. <laughs> <laughs> maybe these mythical creatures just sacrifice themselves to these people <laughs> to protect them from the dragon <laughs> that is just a really dark story turn that can be explored but there's no society there it's all based around combat and it's all around what ifs what if someone in the next hundred years tries to come through this portal and this the magical forest to try to get through this gate we're going to focus all of our resources we're not even gonna we're not even gonna try reproducing to get more numbers. We're just gonna focus all of our time in numbers. And making some bone arrows and some sticks out of dragon skin. Which is also suspect because where are the dragons and what kind of dragons are they killing to get the skin? Well it's gotta be like the dragon in the water, right? There like it sheds. Like oh, it's skin. Okay. Like, oh I, yeah. Yeah, it sheds. Okay. Okay. That's, we're my, thinking we're asking too many questions. That's my worst <laughs> for the movie is how does that even work? That uh, okay, maybe it's yeah. a nitpick, but uh, all right, my worst for Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi's sister, Shailing, her character is useless and does nothing for the movie. That is that is my hot take on her character, and that is my worst for the movie. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people at first might say, that's, that's... And then, you know, once you start thinking about it, it's all there. I think... And, 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 here's, and here's where that idea started, is later on in the movie, there's not much of a resolution between him and his, his sister. They have the moment where she's falling off the dragon and he grabs her hand and he says, I'm not letting go, I'm not letting you go again. And that's pretty much the only resolution that they get. There, Other than that, they have this not very sincere brother to sister 
antagonism where she's upset at him for leaving when he was young and a really really ridiculous when you think about it considering the situation yeah like you're right. both, you're, you're offended when you're 12 and then you realize oh yeah this is a terrible place i would run back run away too and not come back yeah right right and so and then so after that point after they meet up and they're captured by the father she does nothing for the rest of the film she she does absolutely nothing they could they press the backspace a few times her character is gone and no one knows anything there's no holes in this movie the, the movie is complete it has all of shang shang chi's his character arcs, the rest of the story, you could write this sister, his sister out of the movie completely and it would be just fine. And for that reason, that is my worst of this movie. Okay, so I want to, a couple things. First yes. of all, there's that moment when he's hanging under her, she's about to get sucked, her soul sucked. Yeah. And she's like, you have to kill a dragon. And he's like, I'm not going to let go of you again. And it's so dumb because you're all going to die <laughs> unless you stop the dragon. Now, this was, I thought, was going to be an interesting moment mm -hmm. where... Because it forces his character is revealed based on the decisions that they make. Right now, he could have let her go. That would have been a really interesting decision. Like, yeah, you could, and you could have felt the pain because because when I was watching it, that was the most compelling mo moment to me, where I was actually felt myself tense up. Like, what's going to happen? Because I felt her like her soul was going to get sucked away. Okay, and I thought he was going to let her go and fight the dragon, and that's why I thought um, Aquafina's character was yeah. going to shoot an arrow and free the sister. I thought, oh, oh that's what's going to happen. But no, they rob. Shang-Chi of his choice, of his duty, and then let him get off scot-free. Because what happens if he follows through with that decision? Everybody dies if he holds on to her. Right. Everyone dies. And so, what's the consequence of that? Oh, oh no, there's no consequence because we're going to have Legolas mm. shoot the dragon yeah. and save him so he can, he can act like a moral character. Like, no, make the morally difficult decision to make. You know, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Right. Okay. Let his, so so you're thinking that he should have let his sister go. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Would, it, it would definitely be a much more character-enriching decision and, and, and role. Uh, oh, man. I, mean, I, I can already, just thinking about it, I can already feel it. That would be a crazy decision for him to make. Uh, because <laughs> that's the only decision you can make at that point. Right. Unless, you're right. unless the writers bail you out, which irritates me so much. Well, I think they could have done it where he hangs on to her and, like, almost everyone dies. And then they would have to kind of, like, write their way backward where he still gets a chance and ends up defeating the dragon somehow. But it would be a lot harder to do. Maybe so, but I I, I I get what you're saying, and I think that's a great point to make. That I didn't even think about that, but you're right. I think the writer, the writers did bail him out in that decision making, and it made that whole sequence much less powerful. Yeah, yeah. By it not, she could have not been there, and it there was no payoff for any of the build up throughout the entire movie. Yes, with their relationship. Right. It felt like it was very much sequel building, especially with that end credit scene. Which, by the way... Ooh, I didn't watch it. Oh, okay. Um... Why does he have an arm sling? Because he, he didn't he snap. Oh, yeah, that. yeah, yeah, that's right, okay. Why is, why is Aquafina here? She had no power. Why? 
All right, gotta go. Gotta find the last credit scene. Fast forward again. Yep. So where she's going through all of her art from her goth years. <laughs> oh, she she had a drawing of her mom. Oh. Uh oh. <laughs> oh. Wait, what? What? They don't have ten rings anymore, dum dum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I I think <laughs> So first of all, who that, cares that... about the ten rings? <laughs> With that end credit scene, it's like does does redesigning your mountain fortress and spraying graffiti on it actually make you better assassins, <laughs> or does it just mean your priorities in the long are in the wrong place and you're gonna get your butt whipped the next time you're gonna face somebody <laughs> because you're like, we are focused on being cool and Korean hip hop and uh, oh we, we, we're here to kill people. <laughs> I don't know where she's gonna fit in in the Marvel universe. But I I don't suspect it's going to be very far. <laughs> I, I think they've uh, they've milked that the Ten Rings for all it's worth. It got its fill in Iron Man. It's got its fill in Shang Chi, and I it doesn't need it anymore. It doesn't need anymore. I, I I gotta say something quickly about Aquafina, decent sidekick, definitely way better than Harley in Iron Man Three. Right, that little kid who kind of oh. is just just straight annoying. Yeah, Aquafina, I could kind of take her or leave her. Whatever. She's got a, some funny moments and some moments where you're like, I'm not sure singing Hotel California when you're about to be killed is that funny. Can I can I say a little something about Aquafina's character? All right, go ahead. As an Asian, this is coming. I for those of you who can't hear it in my voice, <laughs> I am half Asian at least. I'm sure. So Aquafina is probably full Asian, but. There was a fantastic movie that came out several years ago, and it was called Crazy Rich Asians. And in it, Aquafina played the main sidekick of the character. And she was pretty funny in that movie, okay? And ever since then, any movie that featured any Asian whatsoever, Aquafina is in that movie. She, I, I, she is more famous now, I think, than than Bruce Lee. <laughs> Than, than Jackie Chan, right? Asians that are like do Asian thingies. Now, it doesn't it doesn't bug me a whole ton, but Crazy Rich Asians. There there are so many movie like Asians from this movie in particular that was in Crazy Rich Asians. It's just like she's the go to Asian now. Whenever the movie studios wants Asians, they have Aquafina's number. Like that is the number one person that they're calling. So you're and saying that you're saying she's been in every single big Asian production since oh, yeah. Crazy Rich Asian? Oh, oh yeah. yeah? Was oh, she yeah. in Squid Game? Boom! <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm thinking about Snake Eyes in terms of women, and this doesn't normally bother me as much, but this bothered me in this movie, um, where the girl that they have plays Scarlet. Mm -hmm. I, she doesn't look like she's a trained killer. Yeah. Uh, at least, like, if you're going to get somebody to play like a military assassin type, or, like get someone mm -hmm. who looks like Gina Carano or Ronda Rousey. You can, you, yeah. can pick a, you can pick attractive women, but women who look like they could kill somebody. Not somebody who look like they just are walking up and down a runway. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, I was like, she, she does not seem like she is threatening at all. And I guess... 
that's the worst thing for for that movie mm-hmm. in particular. It was like this doesn't look, this doesn't seem to have any sort of semblance of realism, and I know that's not what Snake Eyes is about. Yeah. But what's even worse was the matriarch of the clan beating up mercenaries and assassins with a fan. <laughs> I mean, that lady's like 60 plus. Grandma! <laughs> and it was like, you've got to be kidding me. And and like the, the actress clearly wasn't able to do crazy yeah. stunts, which is fine. I don't expect her to. Mm-hmm. But, but the stunts, they were like, I'm pretty sure a mercenary who's trained, like maybe you'd be able to beat up me. That's possible. <laughs> yeah, right. But somebody who's a trained black ops military type. No, I know you want to give your the, the you know a women a chance to kick butt, and mm-hmm. and Akiko certainly did that in Snake Eyes, and that was fine. Yeah, but it crossed a line when it was Grandma <laughs> and Scarlet and Akiko and who, the Baroness character who, all teaming up. No, clearly Grandma could not do a push up. <laughs> <laughs> clearly, <laughs> right? This goes the same thing with a with a blind assassin. Yeah, like, no, that doesn't work. I'm sorry, <laughs> but just, so, so he, he's good at sussing out a lie. Yeah. It doesn't mean he can take out all these mercenaries with guns. Yeah, the, the the blind character, I think, represents wisdom in movies. Have you ever heard that? Sure. You know, they yeah. they're those who are blind have a have a sort of infinite wisdom about them, and that's what their character is good for. They're not good for fighting. They can't see. Now, with the exception Correct. of Daredevil, because Daredevil has other, other superpowers right, yeah. that, that aid yeah. to his vision. But no, this this the other guy. He does have the wisdom, but he shouldn't be able to kick butt because he can't see. <laughs> right, right. It was just it just seemed like they they have their. You mentioned power level earlier, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, and it kind of fluctuates with both Snake Eyes and with Shang Chi. It's like the power levels of these other characters are just so ridiculous that yeah. this, this movie looks like a cartoon and mm-hmm. acts like a cartoon and cannot be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. All right, so I have done a deep dive to really understand what the people are thinking about these movies. All right. Okay. And so in our review segment, mm-hmm. um, I really, really try to, to, to know what some different opinions are, right? We have our opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Shang-Chi is, is okay or good. Yeah, you know, I, I enjoyed mm-hmm. it enough. You, mm-hmm. you're, you're not so much on that. Mm-hmm. I, I think with Snake Eyes, we both are not watching that movie again. No, but dumpster fire. But here's a review for uh, for Snake Eyes that uh, may surprise you. Oh. May uh, tap into something that you missed. Let's hear right. it. This is a uh, HS Wolf Maniac gives the film four stars. This is four stars. Four stars. Wow. This is from Rotten Tomatoes. The story was fun. I'd recommend watching it. I've seen it twice so far. <laughs> My, my my speculation is that uh, the pandemic's been very tough on, uh, on Wolf Maniac. He's stuck in his house, not very many new releases, and so he's just he just spinning that snake eyes <laughs> like a record. Um, my interpretation: two words, Russian hacker. <laughs> we don't know how much we don't know how much the movie studios are paying them, but uh, considering, is it Sony? Was it Sony? We'll just call it Hasbro and call it. It was even. definitely Sony. <laughs> but uh, let me paint you a different different uh, picture for Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. This was actually, believe it or not, kind of a harder review to find because the response to Shang-Chi has been pretty positive. Right. But the people are not unanimous. So Kubi Flatstone says... Uh, <laughs> I love these names. Gives it two stars and says, quote, 
Disposable filler film has tiresome humor and forgettable action sequences, overly long runtime, and chock full of relentless CGI. In the end, it's not just a movie. It's a product cranked out like toys. Oh. End quote. He had some good things to say. I, I will credit him. That movie is too long. Yeah. It is too long. They need to do some trimming somewhere. Yeah, that last it's, bit in Tallow is like forty-five minutes, and no. it, it feels long. Tallow, Tallow needs some reworking. I think yeah. in the writers' room, they need to rethink this secret society of people who are protecting this door. Yeah. Um, I thought you were going to go into this when you were talking about that part where they were looking at that statue of inside inside Tallow that has all the history. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that that's a Marvel thing? That's that. That is a Marvel exposition line that they have done in many, many Marvel yeah. movies. Well, most it's, recently, I think in, in Loki, right when he's got his little uh, Play-Doh thing that he like makes, and, yeah, uh, has his little, you know, he like tells a story through the visual aid. Right. I, I actually, the, what came to mind for me was Guardians of the Galaxy two. Yes. And it's all it's the exact same statues almost, just yeah. in a different material form. Yeah. It's correct. It's a little bit of lazy writing, I think, yeah. and. Yeah, I think Nathaniel. Well, when you're packaging stuff like toys, it's sort of like, hey, look, if it works, keep doing it. We're gonna put the name, the word "fun" somewhere on the package because <laughs> if we don't, we're just shooting ourselves in the foot. <laughs> By the way, I just want to add one more thing They're on the on the DVD box because mm-hmm. I watched Snake Eyes in DVD. Okay, uh, where'd you watch it at? Uh, Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Okay. Yeah. Mm, I had to pay six dollars for it. Oh no, I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> okay, so so on the DVD, it had just one review. You know, m- most of the time with movies, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like best thriller of the year, five stars. Yeah, this movie, the review literally was the best GI Joe movie yet. <laughs> what what magazine was it from? Men's Health. <laughs> Just leave that there. <laughs> you know, I think that does say a lot about Snake Eyes, considering... Because I know The Rock was in other G.I. Joe movies, That's wasn't right. it? He was in the, the middle one. That's right. Which I did not see. Maybe oh, it's amazing. The, I think because it has The Rock. Well... <laughs> it I, must be incredible. Well, my... I don't know if it's incredible, seeing as it's not the best G.I. Joe movie, <laughs> according to this reviewer. So <laughs> I guess this is pretty bad. <laughs> so, what your, so what your DVD case is telling me... Is I should never, I should never watch another GI Joe movie again. Is that what it's telling me? Obviously, Snake Eyes is not worth watching. Don't watch it. Do not watch this film. Don't go near it. It's not worth it. It's not worth the. It's not worth the six dollars of investment. It's not worth the two hours of time that you'll waste watching it. Uh, Shang Chi, on the other hand, I think it had some redeemable qualities. I think it needed some tightening up in the writers' room beforehand, where they needed to decide how the second one was going to go a little bit more smoothly. I think. If they could have really nailed some of those character elements that we discussed, I think that it really could have been a really solid movie um, that had opportunities for heartfelt moments. What do you think? I agree. I think there's definitely some mispotential there. I think all the ingredients are in Shang-Chi mm-hmm. for a really good origin story. I think it settles for being good enough for an origin mm-hmm. story. I think Snake Eyes as an origin story, a G.I. Joe origin story, um, doesn't even tell why Snake Eyes takes the vow of silence, which is a tentpole characteristic of that character. What? So as an origin, it tells you, it, it goes into the Solo version, right? Of, you know, how does Han Solo, Solo have his name? Yeah. He's like, you know, uh, what's your name? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, who's your people? 
I don't have any people. Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why does Snake Eyes? Why is that his name? Oh, because of Rick Dice that his dad got killed from. Okay. Right. All right. So they can't even get the origin part right. <laughs> so, yeah. That's a pass on Snake Eyes. Wait, wait. What is this about him taking an oath of silence? Yeah. So that, that's that's his whole shtick. Like, even in the, the cartoons, like he doesn't talk at all. And, and in the G.I. Joe movies, he doesn't talk at all. That's, that's kind of his thing. What? So they completely glossed over that in this movie. As someone who's never seen it, I did not know that. Yeah. That, wow. Yeah, that's why it's a bad origin story. So I'm going to throw up a poll on Spotify. Mm-hmm. What do you think is bad? You have to make it, you have to make it at least like um, a difficult question of some <laughs> kind. I think, like, like, like let's, let's compare some origin stories. Shang-Chi... Well, I don't know Shang-Chi. Um, Shang-Chi, Snake Eyes. I think you could definitely put on uh, uh, Wolverine. Okay. Wolverine origin. <laughs> <laughs> you could you could try throwing on that one Green Lantern movie <laughs> from a ways ago. Um, yeah, I think I think those are some better. Uh, what and which one is the worst? That's I think that's the poll. And then and then it's at least it's a little bit more difficult for our audience to to make a decision there. All right, super. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, thanks for sticking around in this conversation. You can subscribe uh, or rate us if you're listening to on, us on Apple or keep track of us on Spotify and listen to polls or really anywhere that you um, are listening to podcasts. Just give us a high rating. That really helps us out. Mm-hmm. For the Fad Dads, this is, I'm Nathaniel. And this is Seth. And, and this is Ben. The Fad Dads.